Today's Best of the Survivor 26 Returnees on Rob Has a Podcast special is made possible in part when our listeners use our links for Amazon. Get all of the best prices, get all of the best selection, and help support this very podcast in the process when you start your Amazon shopping experience at robhasawebsite.com slash Amazon. a podcast archive vault it's rob has a podcast and now here's the guy who now knows the correct pronunciation of this season rob sesternino hello everybody and welcome back to a very special best of the survivor 26 returnees special here on rob has a podcast we need a catchier title uh for this i don't know returnee cast return of the jedi something i don't know we need we need something catchy maybe you guys on twitter can help us come up with that but it's a little late for that because we are right in the midst of it we are going to be talking about all of the returnees on survivor 26 aka survivor Kara moen which i got the confirmation from dawn Meehan on twitter follow at Meehand. And she says that this season is pronounced Survivor Karamoan. Two syllables, not Karamoan, Karamoan. So there we go. So we have it official. Survivor Karamoan uh, that is premiering in just a couple of weeks. So this is a podcast that I've been looking forward to doing ever since we started to hear the leaking of the names of who was going to be on this season. Because as we've mentioned Every person who is going to be on this upcoming season of Survivor has appeared on Rob Has a Podcast, and a lot of them are people who have been on multiple times and have been really great guests and created some really fun memories with us. So I'm very excited for this season, and I'm very excited for this podcast and going back and listening to it. I had some of the interns from Rob as a podcast. We went back into the archives. We listened to all of the appearances of the returnees, and we picked out the best moments and I was a little torn on how to do this so we're going to do it in chronological order so it's going to be a lot of fun really spanning the overall history of Rob has a podcast and uh, we will get to that in just one moment but as we speak right now or as I speak the voting for Miss Survivor is going on like hotcakes it is going uh, through the roof that the turnstiles are being turned people are voting right and left campaigning is going luckily so far we have not seen any dirty campaigning there hasn't been any mud slinging just yet but we are carrying on the votes if you haven't voted yet and we are up over 3,000 votes so far this week uh, if you haven't voted yet you can go to robhasawebsite.com slash miss survivor 2013 we have already doubled the amount of votes that we had in the first round of this competition last year so this is going to be a lot of fun next week i have to get with kurt clark he's our vote counter i don't know the results a lot of people are asking me who's winning i have no idea and that's the way uh-huh uh-huh i like it because i want to be surprised just like you guys will be and we have to speaking of surprises uh we still don't know what day next week we're going to do the results show uh we're talking about either monday night or tuesday night 
we are going to be reading the results live. And I think the way that I told Kurt that I want to have this show go on the results show is that I'd like to do the results show instead of last year we said, okay, here's number one, here's number two, here's number three, here's number four, and here's number five in no particular order. Since we have just three, I thought that might be a little boring. So what I'd like to do is count backwards and go from 18 down to the top three. And then it's a mystery. We don't know the order of the top three. We didn't have to try to say, oh, what? why did Kurt put the person who came in first, put them first? So we're going to just go from 18 to three. I think it's going to be very exciting to do it this way. I think it's going to be a little bit like a deal or no deal because when we're getting to like number seven and there's seven people on the board, we're opening the next suitcase. All right, Kurt, who is number seven? And if it's a, and if it's somebody, if it's a big name that we expected to be in the top three, we'll be like, no, no. Uh, so I think that's going to be a really exciting show. We're going to do it live. You guys will find out when I find out. Again, I have no idea who's in the top three. But it's going to be really cool. I'm very excited about that. Uh, that's going to be next week. And I will let you know over the weekend whether we get it on Monday night or Tuesday night. Either way, it's going to be at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. So you can get home from work and check that out. And we're going to be doing it on a Google Hangout. I'm very big on the Google Hangouts. I got some good information uh, at my New Media Expo that I went to. Very high on Google Hangouts, and we're going to give that a shot uh, as we go along here in the Survivor off-season. So, that being said, I don't know if I have anything else that I wanted to uh, get into before we started. I'm just really excited about this upcoming season because here's something else I stumbled across in my research because we have all these people from the first fans versus favorites and none of the favorites from the first one had ever played with any returning survivors before. However, this season on Survivor fans versus favorites two of the 10 people that are coming back, eight of them played in the season where they had a returning player in their original season. So I wonder how much that's going to come into play where, you know, you have somebody who was like, hey, I was, hey, kid, I was like you once. I was dealing with a returning player and I wanted to vote them out. And that was a wrong move. Or, you know, somebody saying like, hey, that I, I, you know, it was a great idea. I, I, I love working with returning players. And here's why. So I think that's going to be really cool. The only two people who didn't play with returning players in their original season are only Corinne and Brenda. Everybody else had a returning player on their season and in their tribe. So that's pretty interesting, and we'll see how that plays out. So let's get into it, and let's go into the Wayback Machine here. We are going to go all the way back to the very the infancy of Rob Has a Podcast. And believe it or not... We spoke with our first person in the time machine. We're, we're going to go back, Marty. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you telling me that we talked with Eric Reichenbach almost three years ago? Yes, precisely. Uh, so we're going to go back, set the flux capacitor back to May 15th, 2010. And just to set the stage, this was heading into... The weekend, the finale weekend of the Survivor Heroes versus Villains finale. We were in the midst of Survivor 20, the first season that we podcasted about with you guys here on Rob Has a Website. And so what was going on that weekend was there was like 
a lot of slam book type events going on, and and they were having prizes, not prizes, they had contests on CBS.com, and said, okay, who is the you know hottest guy ever, or the who is the you know what was the what was the best thing ever, or whatever, so the best fight and best, what was the you know craziest moment, and so one of the things that they had on that contest was what was the worst move or the dumbest move ever in the history of Survivor. And so Eric Reichenbach, he wanted to campaign. He felt like that there was going to be some prize given away. Like maybe he thought that there was going to be like a car given away. So he was on the campaign path. I invited him to come on the podcast to talk about his campaign. And here we go. Let's go back to May 15th, 2010. Eric uh, as you are affectionately known by some people, uh, ice cream, uh, Eric, are yep. you still work? Are you still working in the ice cream industry? I actually do not. Um, I know, I know the boss that works in, that was in hell, Michigan with ice cream store that I worked at. I don't in, work in there hell, anymore. Michigan. Yeah. It's, it's like a little <laughs> tiny town of 72 people. <laughs> okay. It's really, it's pretty, one of the craziest places you could ever go. There's so many strange locals there. Yes, uh, but I don't really, I don't really work there anymore. I've kind of moved on, kind of grown up a little bit more from the whole experience. Uh, I live in Ann Arbor now. I'm trying to be an illustrator, a children's book illustrator. Um, I don't know. I, I can go back to scooping ice cream if I wanted to, but it was kind of more of a summer hey, job. It's, like a, it's a, it's a fallback. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, so let me, in case anybody is on the fence of whether or not they should vote for Eric, and uh, you can vote for this at, uh, it's a cbs.com slash primetime slash survivor slash vote, or just go to the CBS page. There's also a thing you can link to it from your Facebook or share on Facebook. Now, if anybody's on the fence, Eric, tell me why you made a a dumber move than JT. Why why was your move dumber than JT's move? See, I'm ter- I'm terrified JT is going to win this because everybody is telling me JT took the crown. JT took the crown, and I really don't think that he did. Um, when I when I watch J- what JT did, his experience is very different than what my stupid move was through. I mean, he didn't. R- Russell had the benefit of coming into the season without anybody seeing his previous plays, seeing his previous season of Samoa. And so he's kind of a wild card. Like they didn't really know him, and mm-hmm. I don't. I, I don't think I can blame JT as being completely dumb, or, or as dumb as what I did, in that he didn't understand what he was doing. He didn't understand Russell's motives. In my situation, there was a stove that was turned on and it was glowing hot, and I put my hand on it <laughs> on purpose. Yeah. Like, because I thought it might change, because the stove might change. JT, he, he left a lot of it open yeah. to other possibilities. There were so I'll many more. Yeah. There were so many more things that could have happened in JT's situation, whereas mine, there was probably going to be one answer. There, there was like a 99.9% chance that one thing would happen. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't even say that. 100% chance that I would get voted out after yeah, that and- happened. Here's where I think what you did was dumber than what JT did uh, for anybody who's on the fence. And let me help you make, make your argument. Uh, you, you got voted out about 10 seconds after you made your move. JT didn't even get voted out the same episode after what he right. did. 
So I think that should be he should be just be disqualified uh, from consideration. Right. Yeah. He's he, he's linked he's linked to that dumb move move by quite a distance comparatively. It's not like it was yeah. almost like a reaction that was like eight reactions away. Like he was <laughs> so far down the road, it didn't even correspond to the same thing. Again, I love that ice cream scooper Eric, or comic book Eric, whatever you want to call him, I love that he came on the podcast to say, no, I, no, 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 I'm the dumbest survivor, I made the dumbest move, no, uh, JT is not dumber than me, so uh, ultimately... Unfortunately for uh, Eric, uh, JT did win the Dumbest Survivor Ever award, and again, I still think that Eric should have got it. It was Eric, it was Eric's to lose, and who knows? Maybe if they did it again, maybe Brandon Hance might get in the mix there for what he did. But anyway, so Eric is going to be fun to watch this season because uh, I know Nicole really loves the bookends of no, he was a fan, and now he's a favorite. Uh, so. That's kind of cool. I'll admit that. I just think he's such a wild card. I think out of anybody in this cast, he's the biggest one that I don't know what he's going to be from the first time until now. I mean, it's. I mean, the guy's probably lived another twenty-five percent of his life since he was even on the show the first time. So he could be radically different, or he could be exactly the same. We just don't know. Okay, so let's go forward a few months. So in this, this is not just the story of Survivor 26. This is also the story of Rob as a podcast. So as we go along here, so the Heroes versus Villains finale comes and goes. Sandra wins. We go ahead. We go into the summer. Big Brother comes along. We meet Brendan and Rachel. Nicole and I get married. And all of a sudden, it's time for Survivor 21 and Jimmy Johnson and all this stuff. Nick, Survivor Nicaragua. And now, Nicole and I get to start doing exit interviews. Nicaragua was the first season that we did our exit interviews. And I guess probably about the ninth or 10th exit interview that we ever did on this show, we got to speak, or I got to speak to this morning, uh, the one and only Brenda Lowe, who got blindsided that season. It really did look like she was just going to run away with this thing, but she got blindsided, and then it's, or, or I shouldn't say she got blindsided, she got voted off because it looked like it was coming, and then uh, she didn't scramble, and there was that whole thing. So we've got to talk with Brenda, and here is our conversation. Set the flux capacitor for November 18th, 2010. Brenda, what's going on? Good morning. This is Rob Sisternino. Oh, my God. I didn't know I'd be talking to you. It's a pleasant surprise. Oh, well, it, it is, very it's a very unpleasant I mean, I, surprise to be talking to oh, you, yeah, Brenda. Yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, I, what, the thing is, it's a pleasant surprise because you are a player, and I watched you on Amazon, and I and I, it's like a pleasure to be talking to you despite the, the, the circumstances, but... um. <laughs> But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you, and I'd love to talk a game with you. All right, well, that's that's what we're here for. Uh, first, I want to know okay. what what the hell happened between the last episode when you were running the whole thing. Hello, you got rid of Marty. <laughs> why did ever? Why was everybody after you this week? Um, it, well, you know what? It was having seen Marty gone. I think it was the beginning of the end to me because I was, I was uncomfortable with that vote. And um, yeah, it was it was it sucked. Last week was like, hey, hey, this is awesome, and then the week after, it's like, bye, bye. So it went. It, it really it was like a, a huge one eighty for me. I it, it's a sucky feeling. My family didn't see it coming. 
Um, and yeah, it was it was the beginning of the end. I felt uncomfortable with that vote, and I I think the minute that you kind of lose a little bit of control, then um, you should start to wake up and smell the flowers that maybe you're, you're, it's your turn to go too. Yeah, I thought I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but I thought it was a bad move to get rid of Marty because everybody was distracted yes. with Marty, and he probably wasn't going to win. Yes. He didn't have anybody. You you needed to keep him yes. around and be a diversion. I agree. Rob, this is why I was a fan of yours. Because, yes, you see it, and I saw that. But at that point, you know, my frustrations that were starting to happen was that Jane and Holly were kind of calling the shots a little bit, and they were taking my main alliance to just Chase. You know, Chase was like, well, Jane really wants Marty gone. And I was like, well, who's Jane, and why is she calling the shots? You know, that was why I was saying people need to remember their place. So we had an alliance. And I was telling Sash, you know, I'm uncomfortable with this. I don't like it, but... We have to, like, you know, in Survivor, you do have to go with your alliance. You have to go with the majority because if not, then maybe they want you out, you know? So mm-hmm. I did it so that they could get off of my back. I was like, Chase, leave me alone. You can take me. Let's take out Marty. Leave it. Let's drop it. You know, that was my, it was like a present to Chase. I didn't want to let Marty go. I wanted Jane out. That was my, that was what I would like to have happen. All right. So there was Brenda Lowe. And back in Nicaragua, she was quite the player. So I really think that she could come back and do some damage. I said to Nicole the other day in our initial thoughts on the new season, I said, you know, I thought she was better. She had her game together, I think, better than Parvati 1.0. So I, I think that the sky could be the limit on Brenda Lowe second time around. Who knows? So... We will follow her very closely in the new season. So we spoke with Brenda. Survivor Nicaragua came and went. Fabio ends up winning that season. Yeah, really? It, it really happened. Fabio won Survivor. And then coming up in 2011, we uh, got to see a season with two more returnees. When Boston Rob and Russell Hance returned to Survivor on Survivor Redemption Island. And so in the very first episode of Survivor Redemption Island... Boston Rob's team ultimately loses the first challenge, and there's a whole big thing with the Tribal Council where Christina Kell found an immunity idol, and Philip was started off being Philip, and then ultimately the person who ends up taking the bullet at the very first Tribal Council is Francesca, and so Francesca Hoagie then went to Redemption Island, and a couple of weeks later, she lost on Redemption Island, and then we finally got to do our exit interview with Francesca. Now, I will just say this. In the story of Rob Has a Podcast, we had only been doing the podcast for about a year. Uh, The audio, especially picking up Nicole on this one, is not that great. Thank goodness the people from the podcast awards hopefully aren't listening to this. They will strip me of my award on the spot. So we have gotten much better at recording the audio over the years. But that being said, let's set the flux capacitor for March 3rd, 2011 and Francesca Hoji. Megan Sue wants to know, uh, do you think that you would have done better on the other tribe? Yes, I do. Hard, but um, hard to have done worse. It's hard to have done worse. Right? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I could have been killed, right? <laughs> well, that would have been worse, yeah. Right. <laughs> that would have been worse. Um, so, um, but yes, I think I would have done better on the other tribe because, um, you know, and especially now seeing how united they all were against Russell. 
I mean, basically, you could have been the worst person in the world, but because they didn't know you, um, they were they were obviously going for Russell first. So, yeah. Um, yeah so I think you know, I, I wouldn't have been the first one out. I'd been on the other tribe for sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay, another question. Uh, which three days were worse? The three days with Philip or the three days alone on Redemption Island? It's from three Bill. Days with <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's the easiest question ever. That <laughs> was pretty obvious. Yeah. Fred Jessica, you said you had a lot of nicknames for the other cast members in one of, in one of your interviews. We didn't really get to hear any of those nicknames. Do you have any good nicknames you want to drop on us? Um, we didn't. Um, well, let's see. My nickname for Ralph was Pigeon Hollow. Um, Pigeon Hollow. Which is a 30 Rock reference, because that's where Kenneth from 30 Rock is from. And, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, let's see. I call my nickname for Steve was the Silver Fox. Ooh. Um, yes, good one. My nickname for, um, actually, ironically, my nickname for Ashley um, Natalie, Andrea, and Krista, the four Ashleys, um, <laughs> which <laughs> so it just so happens that Ashley, one of them really is named Ashley. Um, which I think some people thought I meant as an insult, but I didn't mean it as an insult. I just thought, like, well, I was like, what, hmm, what could her name be? And I was like, she kind of looks like a name to be Ashley. Like, you know, she sounds like a name to be Ashley. And she looks like an Ashley. So that was what it was. It wasn't, like, to be derogatory. Um, <laughs> they all kind of looked like they could be named Ashley. And, in fact, one of them was. So there you go. <laughs> okay. okay. And did you have a good nickname for Philip? Um, uh, you know, I'm not even going to tell you my nickname for Philip. I'm not going to tell you. Because it's, oh. it's, it's so wrong. <laughs> oh, it's, <laughs> it's a good so, one. <laughs> it was so wrong. It was so based on obviously never having heard him say a word. And the fact that he wore these little, like, spectacle-like glasses. Um, he had, like, this very, you know, with this very small reading glasses. Um, I would see him with those on and he would be reading something. Um, so I, okay, so and obviously now I'm telling you. So my name for him was the professor. But, you know, oh, like the professor of what, right? It, it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two, two very quick question, uh, questions on Philip and then we got to let, let you go. Uh, question, question number one, Philip actually a federal agent or not? I think you have to ask the CBS that question. <laughs> okay. And uh, apparently don't have an answer question mark. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and, hard to believe. Yeah, yeah. And better quotes the last couple of weeks. Philip or Charlie Sheen? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Ooh. That's that um, You know what? Charlie Sheen, what did he say? He's he's on a drug, right? He's <laughs> on a drug called Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Has Philip said that? Said that? Did, Charlie yes, he did. I'm on a drug called Charlie Sheen and like something really crazy about how to melt your face off. You know what? <laughs> Even Philip can't top that. Philip may be a little unstable. Okay. But so Philip has his work cut out for him. <laughs> he does. Yeah. You know who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We still have a, a season to see. What's right. You know, more amazing than any part of that was just the Charlie Sheen stuff does seem like it was so, so long ago. But anyway, the real thing to watch here with Francesca is, is there any love lost for Philip coming into this? Because 
I know I've heard a lot of stories. Francesca does not like Philip at all. And you just have to wonder, are they at each other's throats from day one? Or can they figure out a way to bury the hatchet? Is she just going out there from day one saying, look, I just have to last longer than Philip. Philip, I owe you one. And if I'm Philip, I'm pretty pissed that Francesca is back on this season because out of anybody who hates my guts, again, I don't want to put words in her mouth. We'll see what she says in her preview videos if she saw Philip or anything like that. But if there's one person who hates my guts and it's somebody who's voted out first, I'd be pretty annoyed if they brought that person back. It would seem like, boy, I mean, what did I do here? This seems a little personal that you're bringing back the one person who really hates my guts and they were voted out first. So we will watch Francesca and Philip all season long. Very interesting stuff to keep an eye out for. So then we went through, we saw Boston Rob go on a magic carpet ride to win Survivor Redemption Island. We had another summer break. Uh, We saw Brendan and Rachel back on Big Brother. And then uh, it was time to get ready for Survivor South Pacific. Now, we had been getting a lot of requests from people over the last couple of months or through 2011 to get Corinne Kaplan to come on the podcast. And now at that time, we messaged Corinne and Corinne said, look, Rob, I'd love to do the podcast, but... I don't watch Survivor. So you could just show me pictures of people and I'll make fun of them, but I'm not watching the show and I wouldn't be of any insight. So I said, well, how about this, Corinne? How about after Nicole and I do our season premiere preview, we will show you the pictures of the new cast and then you could tell us what you think. And a Rob is a podcast tradition was born when Corinne started previewing the cast members. Now, Here's what's a little interesting here is that now we're going to get here Corinne previewing a season of people that three of them ended up playing with her on a future all-star season. So let's go back, set the flux capacitor for September 2nd, 2011, and here's Corinne previewing the cast of Survivor South Pacific, and we're going to actually play two clips here. So at some point, uh, we're going to hear a little bit from one part, and then we're going to skip ahead. You'll know when to later on in that same interview. Let's talk about this uh, Russell's nephew, uh, this Brandon Hans. Did you have any strong, okay. strong opinion on him? Um, oh, God. I... <laughs> Like, honestly, I just, do they, do they, is there not enough people in America that we <laughs> can't branch out, that we need another hands player? Um, you know, and I'm not even, like, anti-Russell. I, I don't really care about him one way or the other. I just don't understand why we're now inviting family members on. Um, I don't know. When I was watching his video, I was like, oh, he's trying to defend the hands name and blah, blah, blah. And there's such, he's, like, setting up a story arc for himself before it even starts. Like, I watched his Dalton Ross interview yeah. And I was like, he, he's literally handing CBS the script of what he would like. He then says, I'd love to play with my uncle. Like, like he's already putting himself on another survivor. Yeah. You know, I, I found that a little off-putting. Yeah, I just, he seems like he's such a contradiction. It's either um, he's describing himself about he loves Jesus and, and everything and he's born again. And then he talks about how he loves to manipulate people. Um, it just it seems... I think you got to pick one way or the other. I don't think you yeah. get to be both things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I put down he's charming but slow and stupid. <laughs> so those were my notes on Brandon. <laughs> Poor Brandon. Yeah, um, and he's very I young. Assume, all right, listen. If he tells nobody that he's Russell's cousin, he has a shot. But the second somebody figures that out, it doesn't matter like how nice he seems. There's no way anyone's going to take him seriously. 
Well, I think he has a tattoo that says Hans also. Oh, oh, thank you. Slow and stupid. <laughs> so, is he going to pretend it's a different Hans? I would love to see how this plays out. Maybe he could say it's pronounced Hans. Hans, yes. He's Dutch. It's Hans. Yes. So do you feel good about Brandon Hans? What? Do you feel good about him? Do you think he has a chance oh, to yeah. win? <laughs> you know what? They, they could just be dumb enough to, to let him go far. They could. Yeah. I wouldn't rule that out, honestly. There are much worse characters on this than him, yeah. surprisingly. All right, how about this uh, John Cochran? Uh, okay, let me just say, I will open with this. He, I have, like, stars and hearts next to his name. By far, and he's not the person I know. He is my favorite. I love him. Love. What appeals to you so much about him? He's very Charlie. You yeah. know, he's Harvard <laughs> lawyer, and, like, I, and I love a nerd. And, like, I'm telling you, he would definitely be the guy I aligned with, for sure, hands down. Yeah. He's just awesome. And he's totally aware of his extreme dorkiness. Like, he's completely aware of it. And I just think he's great. And the other thing I noticed is that there's a lot of fans, and he's, like, a major fan. Yeah. I mean, were you not, when you heard him telling the story about the yearbook where he, like, wore a buff and, like, all, were you not, like, oh, God, you had no, you were picked last for dodgeball every time. (laughs) Like, I did my heart, I was like, I I love this kid. Yeah. It was a very relatable story. (laughs) All right, Corinne, now I'm going to ask you, do you have a a winner? Can you pick, can you pick the winner? And don't pick your friend. That's a cop-out. You know what? I'm not, but I'm going to tell you who I would like to see win. I would like to see uh, John win. Okay. I'm going with John. I mean, I don't know that he will do it, but man, it'd be cool if he did. Do you think he has a good chance? Because I kind of, I don't know if he does. I don't know. You know, you have to take into account. It's not like we're playing with him. I mean, if I was with him, I would definitely take him to the end. But I don't know, like the people that he's playing with, um, you know, those girls are all going to get themselves voted out because they're all like the the three pageant queens and the country star. They're all going to compete. You know, they're all going to be out of it, I think. I don't think any of those girls will go to the end. And then yeah. you're left with, like, the older people, like the, the woman with six kids who's going to, like, mother him. And then, you know, the, the, the whatever, the teacher. And, like, you know, I think that once the attractive people get voted out, which almost certainly they will, I think he's going to do really well. I hope so. I hope so. It'll be fun, It'll be fun to have him uh, go along. But I just worry that people are going to think he's a threat. Oh, because he's so smart? I think he's, he's so smart that he'll tone it down. Like, I think he'll do what Charlie did. Yeah. Like, I knew Charlie was smart, but I don't think anyone was like, holy shit, he's a genius. Yeah, and Which, w- with the guys like this, it's like if he makes it to the merge, he's there to the final four, final five. But if he, you know, it, it's like one of these things where I could see, I, I'm not sure which team he's on, but I could see it being the kind of thing where Ozzy's like, oh, this guy sucks in challenges. We got we to gotta get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, yeah, I think, I think he's, he's really smart. He's probably got a much more elaborate strategy than he's letting on. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously I want Edna to win because I love her. But, like, if I could play the game in some sort of all-star universe, I would definitely want to play with John. I just think he's adorable. I really liked him. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Corinne, tone, tone, that tone, out there, yeah, tone, tone it down a little bit. <laughs> Coming on too strong. I know. <laughs> I'm at a 10. I need it like a 2. You're, gonna, you're about to get a Facebook request from this guy pretty soon. Oh, I already requested him. He's the only one I requested. Oh, you requested him. <laughs> yes, Look at you. And he accepted me. Whoa. Yeah, and yeah. that's the only time I've ever done that. Okay. Yeah, he, yeah. he wrote a paper about Survivor. He might have a whole file on you. 
He might. He really might. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, you, and then you, he's going to write back to you. See, I'm I, like, I, you I, need a lock I, of my hair to complete your collection. No, he's going to say, "See, I knew you were going to do that." So I had remembered that Corinne had been fond of Cochran from that first interview that we did with her talking about that new season. But some of the stuff that she was saying, I mean, that was re- really blew my mind that she's talking about how if I was on an all-star season with him, and I'd align with him. Uh, it was really like I was getting chills. It was like on Lost when you go back and they flash back and then Sawyer was in the bar with Jack's dad and he's telling him, see, this is why the Red Sox will never win the World Series. It was like really blew my mind type stuff. So we will watch to see if Corinne and Cochran is a natural alliance off the bat. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that really is fun to go back and listen to because as you'll hear in the rest of these interviews, Cochran does come up a lot here now as we get further into Survivor South Pacific. So we have another interview with a former Survivor player here talking about Survivor South Pacific. Just two weeks later, after we spoke to Corinne, on the season premiere podcast for Survivor South Pacific, we spoke with one of the standouts from the previous season, Andrea Belke, who has made a few appearances on Rob as a podcast, but this was the one and only time we talked to her on a regular episode following a new Survivor from the night before. So this was following the premiere of Survivor South Pacific. We'll set our flux capacitor for September 15th, 2011. Here's Andrea Belke. All right, so let's let, we got to talk about Cochran here. Who uh, I, who I like very much. Uh huh. I like him too. Yeah. We all, I mean, everyone last night, we were all really worried about him that he was going to go. But um, yeah, he's so I love him. He gets so, a lot of airtime too. A lot of airtime. Mm-hmm. You know who doesn't love him? Who's that? Who? Ozzy. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think he loves Semhar. He loves Semhar. Ozzy loves uh, Semhar. Yeah, oh, I was <laughs> on the edge of cuddling. There was so cuddling right yes. now. I bet I was on the edge of my seat. My seat. I thought there was going to be a, a nip slip over there with, with Semhar. Those, those oh, drugs were about to come out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the one thing that Cochran said that it wasn't. What did he say? Oh, when he was <laughs> all paranoid about being the first one voted off, he goes. Um, first person voted off. This is insulting when there's Papa Bear and Semhar and all these girls. <laughs> it's like, what? All these girls. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it, he was just being a little, a little dramatic at that at that point. Mm. He did have a, a, a little bit of a couple of moments of weakness uh, during the show, including at more, tribal. More than a couple. <laughs> more, <laughs> including yeah. at tribal council when he pulled a fill up. Uh, I could not remember Semhar's name. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> so then in this same interview, a little while later, Andrea ends up talking about one of her other future tribe mates, also from Survivor South Pacific, Brandon Hance. And this was the first time that we got to see Brandon Hance on Survivor. And apparently, I had forgotten about this, he compared being Russell Hance's nephew to being very similar to being... Hitler's nephew. So we talked to Andrea about that. Andrea, would you vote out a survivor because you, if you found out that they were related to another survivor? I mean, not just for or that married reason. To one. 
Yeah. It's, if if all of a sudden we're looking for someone to vote off, I mean, on Survivor, you're kind of if, if you have a reason to vote someone off, it's you know usually you'll kind of play that up. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of a crappy tiebreaker. If it's mm-hmm. like, uh, what do you think? Should we vote out this guy or vote out this guy? Well, he's Russell's nephew. Let's get yeah. rid of him. <laughs> I think if I saw this one, he was hiding it from me, and it came out, and it'd be hard to trust him because you're like, wait, okay, so this is what day seven, and you've been hiding this. Why are you ashamed of it? You know, I, it could. You know, it depends. But I think if he plays it off the right way, it might it might not hurt him. What about um, Brandon saying that, as Nicole mentioned before, that uh, being Russell's nephew is like being Hitler's nephew? I thought this was oh, kind yeah. of a poor choice of words. Here. Yes. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's a little dramatic on his part, I think. <laughs> How do you think that Russell felt about being compared to Hitler? Well, that's what, I, that's what I'm thinking. I, and I talked to, you know, I know Russell, and it's got to be weird watching... I'm you know, so I'm so much better than Hitler. So <laughs> Hitler. Hitler's plan was flawed. I was Hitler in this game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I felt a little, a little dramatic. A, a little bit, a little bit. Let's... But it was like Brandon was talking a lot of crap about Russell. It it might be a little awkward yeah. when uh, Brandon runs into uh, Russell. Like Brandon was even saying that you know when Russell cried. It took a big hit on the family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> it's, tough, it's tough stuff. Um, let me bounce around. Yeah, the... Oh, go ahead. Oh. Oh. No, yeah. It's just, it is weird because I can't, I just can't decide what Santa thinks about the Hanses. I mean, he like obviously has a lot of pride. You know, he has two tattoos and he says he wanted to be like Russell and then all of a sudden now he doesn't. You know, it is just kind of weird. Yeah. Um, well, let me ba- bounce around a little bit and uh, and ask you uh, about some of these other players. I know we have 18 people to talk about here, and we haven't talked about too many people. Yeah. Uh, what about Dawn, who uh, we talked about her very briefly, about she was having a breakdown. Uh, she was freaking me out. Uh, you know, we see this a lot on Survivor, where it especially happens with, uh, like, a woman, like, like in, her, in her 40s. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, she has yeah. the breakdown. She goes, she goes loco. Uh-huh. <laughs> And then, but then she comes back. And not not all the time. Not all the time, uh-huh. but sometimes. Yes. Um, she, Holly she does, was able to turn around. She was able to turn around. Uh, another great example is uh, Kathy Vavrick O'Brien of uh-huh. Survivor Marquesas. Uh, another one who was able to turn it around. And I actually got kind of a, a Kathy vibe from Dawn yeah. a little bit. Well, That's so, what um, Eric Reichenbach said when he was watching her breakdown. He said it reminded her, it reminded him of Kathy. Now, now, Kathy, uh, fans versus favorites, Kathy? Crazy. Local Kathy? <laughs> Loco Kathy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was saying, um... Oh, yeah. Now, that's one she didn't Kathy. come back. Nope. She didn't come back, that one. <laughs> yeah. There was no turning around from that one. Yeah. It did not come back from the Loco zone. Mm. Uh, I'm talking about Kathy from Marquesas, who did come oh, back. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Kathy's. Yeah, that a lot of Kathy's. The, mm. the Kathy that sucks. No, I'm just kidding. No, the, the Kathy Franz versus favorites is very nice. I met her. I met she her one time. Nice, she yes. did, she introduced herself to me, which which we like. So nothing loco about that. All right. So yeah, that last part that started out. So we're talking. We're talking with Andrea. She's talking about Brandon Hans. Then we segue into talking about Dawn, and then she tells us what Eric Reichenbach 
thought about Dawn. So there's there's a lot. We got four people from this upcoming season sort of tied into one audio clip there. And so what's interesting to me about listening to that back, so we are establishing, and if you heard, listen to this whole episode, which if you go to the show page on Rob has a website, I'll post links to everybody's appearances, all their appearances, if you ever want to listen to the full version of any of these shows. So Andrea Belke revealed in that interview that uh, in the then thriving, it was a the golden era of the Wine and Cheese Alliance. They had a big shindig over there at Stephen and Courtney's house, and they were drinking the wine and eating the cheese, and Eric Reichenbach was there uh, as well as Andrea Belke. So it is well established that these two know each other, and uh, we'll keep that in mind heading into this uh, new season. Yes, so... We had Dawn there. We had everybody. So uh, one of Andrea's tribe mates from Survivor Redemption Island also joined us during that same season to talk about Survivor South Pacific. So in November of 2011, we spoke with the one and only specialist, a.k.a. Philip Shepard. Now, we had talked to him after his season. We did an exit interview with him in May. But now this was his first full appearance on Rob Has a Podcast. Set the flux capacitor for November 18th, 2011. Now, do you think Cochran has played a good game this season? I think a guy... The problem with, 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 with a person... Sophie's played it very well. For example, him, they're both, Cochran and Sophie are two very, very bright people. Yes. Right. You know, off the charts, smart. Sophie, if at least from what we've seen, does not put that on full display mm-hmm. early in the game. There's something about Cochran that he's kind of awkward and nerdy, but you still get the sense that he's a really smart guy. Yeah. Got his glasses on, intellectual, I go to Harvard, you know, he's putting it out there. You know, and sometimes what you might want to do is not put on your strength in full display. Mm-hmm. And so I think he, he did that early on, and so it alienated him and immediately made him, you know, uh, you know, he really couldn't do much more than what he's done. And so, you know, from his uh, his unwillingness at times to take his shirt off and get it, you know, because you know, he was so skinny and he was so pale. I mean, these little insecurities, in a way, it kind of says people keep him in the game yeah. longer. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the problem with that is if you're going to do that, then you got to make moves like Sophie's doing right now. Baby, when certain things come up, you better win them. Philip loves you this better, Sophie. No. Huh? You love Sophie. I'm not in love with Sophie. I'm just making an <laughs> observation that very much as I was looking out the window and a red car and a blue car came by, and you asked me, what went by? <laughs> what do you like better? I like the blue one because, you know, the wheels are a little shinier. Yes. I'm just giving you the indication of what I'm witnessing, not so much what I like. Well, we like to play matchmaker on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. But see, I'm trying to be careful. Say <laughs> I'm, I'm back out there again with somebody. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, here's... But I will say my, my observation is Sophie's played it right. And Cochran, to your point, is he played it right to a certain point. Yeah. It was like when he made that move that he made, I didn't begrudge him at all. Right. Yeah. I like Cochran. Guess what, guys, if you're trying to win votes, you don't walk around in coach's coat. I'm sorry. You go find your own feathers. Right. <laughs> little, little joke there, guys. Yes, yeah, we well played. <laughs> yes. Uh, see, I like Cochran, but I just get the sense he's just like wading in the ocean 
And whatever the, you know, wherever the tide takes him, the tide takes him. And he's not coming up with any of these ideas for what he's going to do next himself. He, like, overthinks things. His, his plan to start off, when he was a double, he became a double agent, Philip. And I want to know what, you're th- what you think of Cochran as a double agent. Uh-huh. But he went to the other side and he was trying to uh, pretend to do the plan. And then Coach said, no, that's not what's going on. You're voting with us. Yes. Obviously not like, a good double agent. Okay, now I'm voting with these guys. And then last night, Albert comes and tells him, all right, Cochran, here's the new plan. We're voting, we're voting out these guys. And for Cochran, he's like, okay, I guess I'm, I guess I'm doing this now. Mm-hmm. But he's not like, here's my master plan. He's Here's how I'm getting to the end. Well, Jeff called him out on it, and he said that you have no plans past seven. Yeah, Jeff's a little hard on Cochran. Yeah. Jeff really blows up his spot at Tribal Council. I think everybody's <laughs> hard on Cochran. Well, I think Jeff had the same thing happen. I think Jeff had... I can't speak for Jeff. I don't talk to Jeff, you know, obviously. But let me just say that when he first made the move... Well, first of all, when he became the double agent, I thought, <laughs> yes. that's pretty slick, because what happens... He doesn't even, um, he, it's like an inception. I talk about in my, uh, one of my videos, I talk about something about uh, the two sides of me. In one side, I, I, I will plant ideas and have other people take ownership of those ideas, and then they'll attempt to use them against me. That's out there in one of those video clips. Whoa. I thought at that moment when he was, when they nominated him to be the devil agent, I thought, good for you because you're at the bottom of the pole, and now they're going to be stupid enough to let you go over and talk to the guys without any of them with you. Again, Boston Rob would have none of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay? That wouldn't have been the Boston Rob plan, okay? No. So, uh, okay. So, okay. So, what? They let him walk over. He gets over there. He gets to do, like, da-da-da. He unfolds. He becomes, uh, what's the, uh, uh, Philby? Isn't it Kim Philby? The British spy? <laughs> <laughs> so that dude is Kim Philby, who was the... You know, he was a devil agent, and he just gave away the, you know, the Allies' uh, stuff to the Germans. So, basically, that's what he did. He goes over there, he spills the beans, and I go, okay, that's okay, because, you know, it is Survivor, it is Outwit, Outplay, Outlast. Now, 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 let's put a plan together, okay? Let's go see what you can do. You got on the slip, get in bed with Coach, and see what else you're going to do, and make a move in this game for you. But he doesn't. And that is where it begins to get irritating. It's like, well, why did you flip on your own tribe? I mean... It's, it's a different thing if you're going to flip and you're going for the win. But if you're just going to flip and then just kind of like you guys say, flutter or, you know, what is it when they tread water, Yeah. Um, then it doesn't look so good. So that's where he finds himself right now. And I think, again, you know, we all have our frailties. You're starving out there. You're, you've got, you know, he was ostracized in his own tribe. He's gotten over there and he's realized they kind of like me, but they're not really loving me. And I still, I'm still here. So there's that part of him that's going on out there. And, um, hey, you know, he's got himself in a, in a predicament. So I have a lot of empathy. I have a lot of compassion for him. But at the same time, game over. Game over. Yes, very precise analysis from the specialist talking about Cochran's game. And I think that Cochran and Philip is going to be very fun to watch. I'm really looking forward to seeing how those two interact. I mean, I would think they would get along well based on what Philip was saying about Cochran here. I mean, he was not super flattering towards his game, but he seemed to like him as a person. And I think that that could be a very fun twosome to watch. We'll see if Cochran acts towards Philip the way he acted towards Coach the first time around, or if Cochran isn't going to be the same way as the first time around. But so that was from 
the towards the end of Survivor South Pacific. That was November of 2011. So the finale would come along. Cochran would get voted out. We would get down to just the Upolu tribe, and then it would get down to a final three. Ozzy would come back into the game, but then he wouldn't get he would get voted out right away. Sophie said, uh, "Drop your stack to Albert." But at the end of the day, Sophie would win. Coach would lose, and we did our final interviews of the season. And so we did an exit interview on December 19th, 2011, just about a a year ago last month. And we spoke with all of the final five at that point. Now, sometimes they double up some people. So we spoke to Sophie, we spoke to Coach, we spoke to Albert, and then they stuck Brandon Hance and Rick on one call. So this is our one and only ever interview with Brandon Hans from our exit interviews. And now, mind you, this is only a couple days after we saw the episode where Brandon Hans at the final five gay or final six gave his immunity necklace away to Albert uh, because he felt like it was the right thing to do. So here is our interview with Brandon Hans. What about Albert? Now, uh, now I know Rick uh, has called him uh, Prince Albert, which Cochran turned <laughs> to Princess the Albert. the first person he, t- he told that to. That was funny. <laughs> and then, uh, he, uh, you know, on Wednesday night's show, he uh, convinced you, Brandon, to give him the immunity necklace. And then yeah. uh, I thought it was, pr- it, it was pretty clear that he knew oh, that yeah. you were going to go home. Uh, any hard feelings uh, with Albert still after uh, he manipulated you? Well, uh, no, actually, I, I don't. At first, again, yeah, there was. You guys are so uh, nice. You know, I, I, it was an unnecessary commitment, and uh, Cowboy told me from the second I did it, he's like, what, what the heck made you think you have to do this? Yeah. And it was just, you know, I, I, I shouldn't have made the commitment. You know, man, my word, and I tried, you know, my best to do what I say I'm going to do. And uh, it was just eating me up that, that, that I was hanging over my head. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I could blame it on, you know, Albert for talking me into it. Well, when when it came down to it, I did what I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I'm proud of what I did. And, you know, that's, that's, all, that's all I got to live with, you know. So that was Brandon and his exit interviews. I know that was a little bit of a short clip. And I don't really want you guys to feel gypped here. But there really wasn't anything too memorable in that interview with Brandon. So let's fast forward a month in time. And let's go to now 2012. And in January of 2012, I was able to speak with Brandon's uncle, Russell Hans, and he was able to give me a little more insight into what he thought about Brandon's game on Survivor South Pacific. Set the flux capacitor to January 29th, 2012. (laughs) All right, Russell, well, let me start off by asking you, the last we saw you was you were at the Survivor finale, and Jeff Probst came and asked you about uh, what you thought about your nephew and you had mm-hmm. some some harsh words for Brandon. Yet you uh, gave him his medicine, <laughs> right? Well, As- the thing is that for the first thing I said, and I want to make it clear that there is a separate side that is Uncle Russell. Right. Well, I am his uncle, but he has to also understand that he went out and he played a game that Duke 
uh, arguably, they consider me one of the best strategic players to play. Well, so I, I'm going to have to critique his game. Because, and I ask him, do you want me to tell you, uh, you know, uh, that you did a great job, you know, uh, since I'm your uncle? Or do you really want me to tell you how I think you played as a player in the game? You know, and, and that, that, that's kind of hard to do because it, it's, it's never happened in the history of Survivor. They never had a relative play in the game. So uh, now I have to critique him on how I think he played in the game. Uh, and, and, you know, then I've got my family on my back, my mama, my daddy. You know, people don't realize that side of me. I, you know, I got people upset with me because I'm not, you know, uh, saying that he did a great job. Well, I can't say he did a great job. You can't do that. You have coaches in the NFL that you, do you think that they, that they say that their team did a great job if they threw five interceptions, you know, and gave away the ball like he did? You can't say that. You have to tell them the truth and tell them, you know, how it is. Uh, it might be tough love, but it is what it is. And Brandon might be one of the worst players to ever play the game. <laughs> and it's crazy because, like I said, you don't have to agree with me or disagree with me. I don't even know myself. But some people consider me maybe one of the best to, to play. I've never won. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I don't even know, even know anymore. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's just such a – the game is uh, so intense that – there's so many aspects to win. It's just crazy. And it just, what makes me crazy is when people get to the top just because they got lucky and got to the top. Yeah. All right, so that was Russell Hans, January 2012, talking about what he thought of Brandon Hans. And I said on the preview cast, you know, I'm not really super thrilled to see Brandon back. I think that there were some other people that got snubbed that deserved a second shot more than Brandon did. However... The one thing I am looking forward to very much about Brandon being back is hearing what Russell has to say about Brandon being back. And I know Russell tweeted the other day he's going to live tweet this season. So I would have to say my Survivor experience with Russell tweeting, with Russell with a very vested interest in the show, is much better than my Survivor experience without Russell being watching the show and tweeting about the show. So that does keep it very lively. All right. So after a month later, you know, we had the first Miss Survivor competition won by Parvati Shallow in January into February 2012. And then it was time to start with Survivor One World. Now, the season premiere podcast is always a big deal. I always try to get somebody really good for the first episode of a, you know, try to get somebody good every week, but I uh, try to get somebody very special for the first episode of the new season, and I don't think that this upcoming season is going to be any different. So we kicked off the Survivor One World season by doing a recap podcast with John Cochran. So this is from our interview with Cochran. This is from uh, February 16, 2012. I know I've been saying set the flux capacitor, and I know I'm going to get some tweets about this, so let me just address this really quickly. I know that you don't set a flux capacitor. Yes, I know. You'd, you In a DeLorean time machine, you would set the time circuits 
and then the flux capacitor is what makes the time travel possible. I get that. So please save the tweets. You don't need to correct me that I'm saying set the flux capacitor. Just so I know what you're talking about as just a shorthand, so I don't have to say set the time circuits. Make sure just check out. Make sure the plutonium is powering the flux capacitor or Mr. Fusion or whatever time we're in. So just for shorthand, uh, we're sh- shortening that up. So got it. Don't No need to send me a million tweets about that, everybody, because that will happen. February 16th, 2012. It's Cochran. This is a little bit of an indulgent clip. It's probably going to be about eight minutes. So buckle up for some Cochran. Here we go. How about this from Lee J- Jenkins? Uh, he writes, the South Pacific after party yielded many pictures of Cochrane and Krista Haston oh, from Pearl Islands. Yes. Is there anything going on there, Cochrane? What does her a, husband have to question. say about this? Um, oh, is she married? Oh, she, um, I, I think it's open. Okay. Well, no, nothing, nothing's going on there. I mean, she was, it was, it was a bizarre meeting her. She's very, like, feisty. Oh, yes. She's very touchy. Touchy yes. feeling. Yeah, very, very touchy. Nicole, uh, did, did I ever tell my uh, Krista Hasty uh, story on the podcast? I don't think you have. <laughs> I don't think I have. I don't know if I should. I don't this, know if is I should. this isn't about you. Oh, it's sorry. about Cochran. Okay, okay. Sorry, Cochran. No, but I'd, be, I'd love to hear it. No, no, it's about you, Cochran. <laughs> um, no, but there's nothing ongoing. I mean, I met her at the, you know, at the finale, you're being pulled around by a lot of people. So, you know, I was in some pictures with her. I think she was, like, kissing me on the cheek or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that is that it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, so how about this? This is from uh, Megan Shu. She writes, uh, ask Cochran how his Valentine's Day was. Did any of Papa Bear's advice to him help him on that front? Um, so Valentine's, Valentine's Day was on a Tuesday. I don't know. I didn't do anything. What do, what do single people do on Valentine's Day? They go to anti-Valentine's Day yeah. parties. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh God! Well, I wasn't invited to any of these parties. I mean, I, I asked Sophie what what single people do on Valentine's Day, and she said I should be taking advantage of desperate girls. That's what happens at the anti Valentine's Day. Was that, now, was that a hint? Was that an an, uh, an invitation to come over? Ooh. Uh, I, I don't know about that. You're, you're, uh, Sophie's not desperate. Are you kidding me? She won Survivor South Pacific, by far the most deserving player of the season. But yet, you didn't vote for her. Oh, I'm slightly tongue-in-cheek. Oh, how <laughs> oh, oh, dare you, Cochran, taking yeah, no, shots. She, no, she, did a, no, she actually did a great job. Uh, no, but I don't think that was an invitation. Anyway, she lives in New York. I'm in, I'm in Boston. Okay. It's only a couple hours away. What's It might have been worth the trip, if yeah, you know are, what I mean. Are you, are you just huh? living under the, uh, the shadow of Boston Rob as a former survivor in Boston? Do people mm. just come and spit on you at the street and say, you know Mariano? Um, uh, that happens to Rob. That happens to me. That happens to me here. I mean, technically, I'm in Cambridge, so I'm not even in in Boston, Boston. And and Cambridge is a pretty like bookish town, and nobody seems to really watch Survivor here. So I haven't really dealt with any like Boston Rob. Boston Rob, he's more popular with the Southeast. Is that right? Yeah, I don't even know what that means. What's no, the sound? I watched. Uh, <laughs> I watched. What was what was that movie with uh, Ben Affleck directed? I feel like that's what they oh, talked about. Oh, they were yeah. robbing the bank. Gone Baby Gone. The, uh, no, not Gone. Yeah, Gone Baby Gone. And then there was the other one with John Hamm. Uh, was the cop? I know what you're talking about. It was like called the something, right? <laughs> yeah. It was like two words, the, and then another word. Yeah, uh, it's, I want to say the Departed. It's not the Departed, but that's another. No, another that movie was good. I think there were some Southies in that I'm one too. Let's follow my way on. Okay. Talk. I'm paying attention. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is from uh, Jeff Pittman, who writes for the True Dork Times. Pittman. The Jeff Pittman. Mm-hmm. He wants to know 
Cochran, it seemed like your kindergarten nap time jackpot story was far better received with the ladies than Papa Bear's suggestions. Have you given any thought to using that as an exceptionally lengthy pickup line? So what's the pickup part? Just telling the story or do I have to kind of twist it in some perverted pun? No, I think, well, here's where I think that that was like, hey, you know, you know, my uh, kindergarten teacher discovered (laughs) something surprising in my pants. Maybe you can too, baby. Well, here's what, yeah, that's good. (laughs) Uh, No, 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 that's, that's worse. That's the town, the town. Uh, That's worse than what you did there because I thought what you did with Elise, I thought that was a good icebreaker. Yeah, you had her So sometimes you have like awkward silence. It's like, hey, can I, you know, can I tell you the, the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me? And then you tell this story, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like uh, either, you know, either it's a thing, you think, it's a move, I think. That's that's what you like. You make big moves. Well, uh, and the, th- the thing is, with that whole, like, story, they made it seem like I was some sociopath for telling Elise <laughs> that story. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the, before, you know, we interview with Dalton Ross, and uh, he asked us for our most embarrassing story. So we're all trading what we told him. Like, it wasn't like uh, I spontaneously said, like, okay, what's the coolest thing to do right now? Oh, yeah, tell her about the time when you know, to the bathroom in my pants in kindergarten. It was like, we're, we're trading the embarrassing stories. Um, I don't, I, you know, I can, whatever. <laughs> I was, I was, you know, I got the, I'm sure I got the dopey music yeah. playing behind me when I was saying that. All right, like, in I'm fairness, that was in, it was in the recap episode. Nobody watches that. Uh, but the recap episode was my episode. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you owned it. <laughs> you owned it. Uh, okay. So this is from uh, Mark Hogan. And th- this is a good question. A lot of people, have this, a lot of people are asking about this. Now, I don't know if you want to talk about this with me. If you want, if you don't want to talk about this, you could just uh, you just pass. But I think it would be a poor reflection on you. You get one pass yeah. per podcast. Okay, so uh, Mark Hogan says, Cochran, if you go back for an All Star season, how do you think you could avoid getting Sesternino'd, oh. i.e., being perceived as sneaky slash intelligent and weaker in purely athletic challenges, a la? Rob, Sari, and Yao Man. I don't think it, I was perceived as weaker. I, I, I think, think so. that was. You're I, I think I was perceived as annoying. Yeah. I don't think I was perceived I as weaker. Mm-hmm. I think I'm stronger. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm stronger than Amber. I'll put it out like, there. Sometimes. Yes. Um, how would I change it? Well, I think first off, I think it's a big compliment that I'm being compared to those people. Some people would say I'm more like Shambo or you know, um, <laughs> wacky. Yes. Right. Uh, but now, so uh, you know, that's that's the one thing I'm grappling with because. Uh, if I did play again, yeah, what am I going to do? Yeah, uh, here, well, let's it, practice. I, let's practice. Let's. Are you up for some some role playing? I'm always up. You guys for that. are okay. freaking me. Out. All right, so let's let's do some role playing. Okay, and, and it's it's day it's day one. Hey, okay. Co- hey, Cochran, how do I know you're not gonna go and flip on the other tribe when we have the merge? Give me one good reason why I don't vote you out right now. Okay, so I'd say, I'd say, look, Jerry. Um, <laughs> I just because I learned, I don't know. I'd, I'd say, um, look, I will. It didn't work out for me. Why would I want to repeat the same exact mistake I made the previous time? Um, would be an easy thing. Secondly, it would be like I, it's not my compulsion to flip. It wasn't like I was dying the entire time to be like, oh yeah, I want to make a giant move that alienates half the jury or over half the jury, and results in me being kicked off in a worse place than I otherwise would have been kicked off. And um, I, I don't know. I. I but is that is that the sort of conversation that happens? See, my my thinking is: what? what how do all star seasons work? Is it like people call each other 
and they make alliances beforehand or well, oh how yeah. dare you suggest dare something you. like that uh, <laughs> <laughs> how dare you that does not that does not go or, on or, or not not even that i just mean i mean like there are pre-existing relationships because you've met these people at the finale so like krista krista haiti whatever her name is <laughs> we i would say have a very strong alliance going into the next game <laughs> <laughs> yes yes uh, absolutely she's, she's not going to care if i flipped in uh flipped in south pacific um so uh, you know uh I'm not a physical threat. I'm not flipping. Is not like I don't know. I, I, what would you? I want your advice. You're clearly a better player. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I wish I had this sort of advice. See, I don't think I didn't know that people were gonna say uh, like, "Oh, well, you did this in that game, so now you're that we're gonna we're gonna hold this against you." I didn't know that. See, the thing is, in Survivor All Stars, the first one, like I just didn't know how it was gonna how the whole thing was gonna work. I didn't know you vote you just voted people off for what they didn't even do in that game. Like, oh, well, gotta get rid of right. gotta get rid of this guy. I mean, it sounds stupid now to say it like that, but like I didn't know like, oh, my tribe my tribe all wants to get rid of me because I was. But from- that's not what they do now, though. Yeah, that's it's a fair point. That's it's different. It's different now. Yeah. Um, I mean, you look at uh, heroes versus villains. I mean, you could say it's different, and you could say it's it's the same. Like they get rid of Sari because uh, of what of what she's doing, but you know they get rid of Randy because uh, he's you know uh, not as good in the challenges, or he's getting on people's nerves, or whatever. Mm-hmm. They get rid of Sugar because she's uh, you know it's not like oh we got to get rid of you know Tom first because he won. Right. Uh, we get rid of Sugar because she's you know getting on everybody's nerves or whatever. Right. So I don't know. I don't know, Cochran. I think that uh, I think you're on the right path. I mean, that's that's my fear. I don't want to play again. I'm just going to be kicked off right away. Well, I think for the best thing for you, I think you got to wait like wait a year. Yeah. Like, don't go yeah. tomorrow. Right. Don't go so tomorrow. Unpack your bag. <laughs> unpack. <laughs> unpack. I think you want like like you want Colton to come along and be like a real scotch. <laughs> yeah. And then you know some other some other guy, and then Russell comes back again, and then you know a whole bunch of other people that are just like oh like they they gotta forget about you, and then you right. just get like you know blend into the scenery. I don't know if that's possible. If we could forget about cop. Yeah. Unforgettable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Too unforgettable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I think that you, your your best friend is time. I think. <laughs> oh, that's, I don't know. That's kind of a depressing thought. Yeah, <laughs> time is on your side, my friend. I, I thought I had actual friends, and time is not mine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just it's waiting like... for death. I guess. All right, so there was Cochran from February of 2012. I know that was a long clip. I hope you guys enjoyed that one because listening back, I definitely was cracking up a couple of times. Really thought it was fun uh, role-playing with Cochran about him going back and talking <laughs> about what he's going to do. Because, you know, at the time it seemed like, well, how could anybody trust Cochran again after he flipped on his tribe in the first game? Now, it seems like to us a lot more time went by for the people who played this game. I think they played this in July uh, of this year. So... Uh, it was about five or six months after that, maybe eight or nine months after the full season ended of Survivor South Pacific. So was that enough time for people to sort of forget that Cochran was a flipper or did the people even care? We will see in this upcoming season. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So a month after we did the interview with Cochran, in March of 2012, we did an interview with one of Cochran's past and future tribe mates dawn Meehan, a very good friend of the podcast she came on and this is the one and only time that she did a full 
episode podcast uh, with us. So this is about an hour or so into the podcast. We were taking questions from the audience, and we got into the subject of what bread, what different types of bread does Dawn think some various players from the last couple of seasons of Survivor were most like. It's pretty funny. This is from March 15th, 2012. Enan Hennigan wants to know, uh, compare the contestants to baked goods, but I claim Irish soda bread since I'm dry, fulfilling, and reasonable. And then similarly, uh, uh, somebody named John Cochran says, ask Dawn to describe her tribe mates in terms of what sort of breads they most resemble personality wise or physically her choice. So basically, uh, Enan and Cochran, uh, very similar questions. Yeah, I I saw this ahead of time because I thought this was going to. There's no peaking, Dawn. Really? You're not supposed to. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay, so let me start. Let me start with JC John Cochran. Um, yeah. If we did resemble, he's he's like Weber bread. No, he's like <laughs> Weber bread. Isn't that what do you call Wonder Weber? Oh, what, Wonder bread. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like Wonder bread. Yes, white bread Cochran. But but he's also a pancake for me. A pancake. Totally a pancake. <laughs> I don't know why. Every time I think of Cochran, really? I think of pancakes. Because uh, I, w- I watched your season. I thought he was uh, waffling most of the time. Waffling? That's hilarious. <laughs> I wish I would have thought of that myself for the love. That's hilarious. Maybe that's where I was at. It was like a batter, but I just yeah, a batter. Uh, <laughs> Are you going to um, have to do everybody, but why don't we just... We'll uh, do a couple. Yeah, through, through um, this season and your season. Okay, I'm going to do... Sophie would be brioche bread for me. Yeah. Lots of butter, depth cultured <laughs> um let's see christine would be a bagel um she's versatile she kind of represents a region yeah um let's see ozzy would be jamaican cocoa bread <laughs> jamaican you cocoa that, bread uh-huh it's like real um chewy and you pull it apart and it goes with like jerk chicken like jamaican and you're not chicken. making these up right so not making okay. them up um and let's see oh whitney Whitney would be a biscuit for me <laughs> A biscuit. I know, because she's really, Whitney's really strong um, and kind of homey. Like, for me, one of the reasons why I was close with Whitney in the game, she hummed a lot when we were rowing into Redemption Island Arena day one. And there was something so, like, comforting about that, hearing someone just hum like we were at home. And uh, so she's just really down to earth. And so she'd be a biscuit. I don't know. Is that good? That's pretty good. Uh, So And then you have Jim Rice, who would be the pot brownie. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Maybe you and Jim could collaborate on a recipe. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I think that could that could be huge. That could be huge. We could put that in like Costco. <laughs> well, I think in you, California, probably. In California, maybe. If you have the note, yeah. Uh, hey, what about from this season? Anything? Uh, what What would Colton be if he was a baked good? Oh my goodness, Colton. And we're going to be very oh. careful here. I know that's hard. Yeah. He's he's kind of a pastry for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's like a Danish. I don't know. You know, it, it, yeah. Can't take much of it. Right. Right. And uh, then uh, Alicia Rosa certainly might be uh, a set of buns. <laughs> oh, my heaven. That I've never in my life. I was 
teasing with Sophie, but I said this, the female um, tribe is just stacked compared to our tribe. If we'd played our, our, if our season was like female against male, I said, oh, we would have been ashamed because I just have, there's some cleavage on that. Yes, but it's, but it's man-made. I don't know. It's definitely. Some of it is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. What would Alicia be? I think buns. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And what about Tarzan? Tarzan. That is great. Tarzan. hmm, That's rough for me. He's a little rough. He probably, uh, he's like a baguette or something. (laughs) Couldn't you say it with that? I guess so. Well, with the (laughs) seal. I don't know. So there you go. There's Dawn Meehan from March of 2012. Very much looking forward to seeing her back this upcoming season. So now we have a bit of a gap between Dawn's interview and our final returnee interview in December, which is going to be with Malcolm. Now, this nine-month gap, of course, we have the they go and leave for to go play Survivor on in July, and we're really not supposed to talk to the people from the show. You know, we can't do interviews with, with the Survivor players in this limbo sort of time between when they play and when they actually appear on the show. But back in the spring, I had reached out to a few of these people and a couple of times, with a couple of them, I had shows booked for the end of Survivor One World, and and all of a sudden, very suddenly, they they canceled. Some of them canceled on me. So I started to say, "Hmm, this seems odd." I knew there was an All Star season coming up, so we started to really wonder uh, about who was going even before they left for the season. So then, obviously, we couldn't have any of the returnees on between then after the season started, and so. In December of 2012, just last month, we had a chance to speak with our final returnee, the new kid on the block, Malcolm Freeberg, and we talked to him about one of the things he did that made him so successful in creating this Final Four alliance on Survivor Philippines. Something that came up in the secret scenes that wasn't so much a factor in the TV show was how you were able to create this final four deal with Lisa and with Mike going along the way here. And the idea of you had them all do some sort of a special swear. Is that right? Oh, yeah. It was it was some weird. If there was a Ouija board out there, we would have used it. It was weird. I didn't mean for it to be like that. I just wanted us all to shake hands and like promise. And then families got involved. I said something about like, I told my, you know, I told my family going out there, I'm going to probably at some point make a promise on you guys. And you know, I'm not planning on sticking to it, but just so you know, I'm probably going to, it sounds good if I need to use it. And cause my family doesn't care. They don't care as long as I win. Yeah. Um, but it got weird. That, <laughs> that final four deal was absolutely like some weird, like middle school seance thing. <laughs> well, to explain it a little bit more for people who didn't see those uh, scenes where we're talking about this. Yeah. We were um, talking about this when we made, uh, so there's, what eight people left when we make this deal because I was trying to get, you know, play ahead of the game, make my deal before like other people would be playing it. And I, I go to scoop in, I, you know, rope and scoop in and, uh, he brings in Lisa and I bring in Denise. He, I told, I was using Denise even before, uh, I had confirmed with her that she wanted to do that. I was like, yeah, Denise will be the, the fourth one. She'll do it. <laughs> but, um, I said, guys, we, need, I want to go up in the woods and shake on it. Like, let's just make this, official let's you know swear on it and uh and that was um that's because 
scooping uh, Lisa's obviously an extremely you know religious woman. Very you know she's a, she's a Christian speaker, and Scoopin is also very religious. He, you know you've seen they had like a little prayer moment or they you know bonding over Jesus thing or whatever. But if I it, the thought at the time was if I can get these people to you know make a you know a very heartfelt you know promise, they're going to stick with it, and so we all have to like maneuver around the other four people and like find a time to go sneak up in the woods and do this thing. And I really just meant to shake hands and all that, but we end up doing like this cross handed four way. It's like, we're playing that game with the baseball bat where you work your way up and the guy mm. on top, like gets the bat first. It was really, it was, it kind of got weird, but the, you know, it was, uh, if I, I the thought was I can get Lisa and scoop and a swear on something important to them. They won't break it because that's the people they are outside of the game. And, uh, you know, it, it worked out for the final four. It just didn't work out so well for the final three. Okay. <laughs> well, now you know for next time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for next time, indeed. So I had known Malcolm was going to be back on the next season. I didn't, do not know how he fares on the next season, but uh, having a little fun with Malk there in that interview. So... That is the Return of the Returnees podcast. We talked to 10 returning players. Very much looking forward to seeing how they're going to fare on this upcoming season, which is going to be uh, the second week in February. I think, what is it, February 13th, I believe, is a two-hour premiere. So mark your calendars for that one. And, of course, uh, checked in with Steven yesterday. We are on for Survivor Know-It-Alls. We've been renewed for another season of Survivor Podcasting live after the finale. So look for Survivor Know-It-Alls live at 10 p.m. Eastern after a two-hour premiere on February 13th. So, Miss Survivor Voting, if you haven't voted yet, one, uh, you're a real procrastinator because we've been talking about this all week. But if you still haven't voted, you can do so at robasawebsite.com slash Survivor 2013 there is a lot of campaigning going on. I'm very excited to see all the support from the Survivor females uh, trying to win the coveted title of Miss Survivor. I ordered a real sash. No, not the guy from Survivor Nicaragua. We're gonna be. It's gonna be the biggest year of Miss Survivor ever in the two-year history of Miss Survivor. So. We are allowing you guys to vote until, I believe, 3 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, 12 p.m. noon. And then I'll let you guys know if it's going to be on Monday night or Tuesday night when we do the results show revealing the top three. And thank you guys for all of your support using our links for Amazon.com. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. It really helps keeping the podcast going. And I think you're going to see some of the fruits of your Amazon shopping labor on the podcast very soon. We have some new equipment coming to get kicked off for the uh, new season. I hope it's going to be here in time for the Miss Survivor competition. So if you are a uh, user of Amazon, thank you very much. If you have not ever bought anything through our Rob Has a Website, you can do that at robhasawebsite.com slash Amazon. You don't pay any additional cost to get the best prices, and also you support Rob as a podcast and free shipping many times when you spend 
over uh, $25 there from Amazon.com. So I don't know if you guys can tell, but I'm very much looking forward to this upcoming season. It's only a couple of weeks away, but we still have plenty of stuff to do with Miss Survivor. We're going to do our cast preview. We're going to do a roundtable with all of the Survivor bloggers on RobHasAWebsite.com. And I'm very excited about this. It looks as though we are going to have a new blog from our blogging team up every single day here going forward uh, once we get to Survivor. And that's going to be really great. Uh, Very much looking forward to seeing how that's going to all play out. Thank you guys so much for listening to not just this podcast, but the last three years of Rob Has a Podcast. It's going to be our three-year anniversary also next month. So I can't believe how fast that time has gone by. If you liked what you heard here today and you want to give us some good feedback, you can do so at iTunes. If you go to robasawebsite.com slash iTunes, we love getting your uh, five-star comments. That really helps us out. And we are closing in, believe it or not, on 500 comments on iTunes, which is a lot of comments on iTunes, and that is really helps you out with the iTunes ranking. So always appreciate it. So have a great week and weekend, everybody. We'll be back with the Miss Survivor results uh, early next week. Happy voting, everybody, and take care. Bye.